0: How's the family doing? It's always good to come back home. Pastor Chris texted me this morning and told me I was coming back home, and just to tell me to make myself at home. But y'all know he didn't have to tell me that. But it's great that he did. Today we're going to be coming out of 1 Samuel. First Samuel chapter 17 and we're going to be looking at verse 47. And it says, for the battle is the Lord's. I want to talk from the topic today. We're under protective custody. We're under protective custody. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for each and everyone here, Lord. We pray, Father, that you be over uh, Pastor Chris, Lord, as he is ministering this morning as well. And, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you just allow everyone here, Lord, to feel blessed and feel loved from each and everyone else that's in this room. And, Father, you know my prayers. you allow your word to comfort those that need comforting, convict those that need convicting. But, Lord, use it to challenge us in every way. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I don't know how familiar you all are with witness protection. Witness protection is something that was started a long time ago. And it's also called protective custody. And what happens is, is when someone is needing to go in protective custody, it's because they are testifying to witnessing on behalf of an organization. Or individual. So when we look at someone that's under there, what they would do is they would take that person, and they would put them, give them a new identity, and they would also give them a new location because they're testifying on behalf. And by them testifying, it could cause their life to be in danger. It could cause them to be in harm's way. So when they do that, what they would do is they would give them, after you have finished being a witness, after you have finished testifying, we would give you a new identity And a new location to spend the remainder of your days as believers in Christ. We are under protective custody. Once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you have now become witnesses. And as witnesses, you can run come into some harm's way. You can come into where some people may be offended by the things you're testifying about. They may be offended at what you're testifying about, but we are called witnesses. And when we become witnesses, we too have a new identity. We no longer operate under our same old ways and our same old thinking and our same old patterns. We have a new way of living, a new way of thinking and a new way of being because we have a new identity because we no longer represent ourselves. We represent Christ. And when we get done witnessing and we get done testifying, he will give us a new location that we will spend the remainder of our days, which is in heaven. So one of the great things as a Christian, we should always be comfortable as we're out here witnessing, as we're out here taking the stand for Christ, that we're always under protective custody. And when we look at the story here of a familiar story of David and Goliath, one of the things about this story is very familiar. It's one of the things you learn when you're in Sunday school, first coming in church. And even if you ain't in church, you will hear about David and Goliath. They say David here tells them what's going on here is that you have the Philistines and the Israel. They are fighting over there, having a territorial battle. And as they're having this territorial battle, Goliath has been coming now for 40 straight days, challenging Israel to a battle. Now, what this is called is called the representative challenge. And what a representative challenge is, is you get one person from each side to fight each other to the death. And the reason why is because it will help prevent so much bloodshed. So, for 40 days straight, Goliath has been coming. Challenging the children of Israel and they have been knowing nothing. Saul, who should have been taking the stand because the Bible tells us that Saul was the tallest. He actually stood ahead above the rest of them. But Saul chose not to step in and take that challenge. So for 40 straight days, Goliath is coming, issuing a challenge to the people of God. And they are are not taking the challenge. They are not stepping up. The Bible says that they run every time Goliath shows up. But well, this particular morning on the 40th time after he'd done it, David, daddy, Jesse had sent him to give them to take lunch to his brothers because his brothers was part of the Saul's army. He gets there to take his brother's lunch. All of a sudden, Goliath shows up doing his representative challenge. And David is shocked and offended because he is like, who is this speaking against the God of Israel? Who is this Philistine?" And David was trying to figure, how in the world are y'all constantly letting this man come and challenge y'all and speak against our God? And y'all are doing nothing about it. So what David did was David said, what do I get when I win? When I win, pastor. He said, what do I get when I win? Because David said, the rest of y'all may be uh, tucking tail and running, but I'm not. I'm going to stand up for my God. And what happened then when David said that, Saul said to him, Man, he's been fighting since his youth. You ain't nothing but a youth. And the thing is, David understood things. And I'm only going to give you two points, then I'm going to get out your way. David understood, one, that he, when you are in under protective custody and you are serving God, you have to see yourself victorious. And David saw himself victorious before the battle began because David was like, what do I get when I win? And so Saul trying to sit there and discredit David, and that's what you run into. See, people in life, when they have limitations, they will always try to put their limitations on you. Because they can't do something, they don't think you can do it. Because they're scared to step up to the challenge, they think you should be scared to step up to the challenge. They allow and try to put their limitations on you. Y'all remember uh, Pursue the Happiness, Will Smith prior his Chris Rock slapping days. <laughs> Will Smith, in the pursuit of happiness, he's playing basketball with his son, and his son take him off the dribble and score and say, I'm going pro. And what Will Smith did was he said, nah, you ain't going pro. Ain't no sense getting your hopes up. You'd probably be like me at best below average. You know, and so he just saw the defeat On his son's face, his son threw the basketball and he saw the defeat on his son's face. And then he went up to his son and he said, don't you let anybody, not even me, take your dream away from you. Don't you let anybody, not even me, steal from you. And that's what we have to remember. We can't continue to allow people to project their feelings on us. We can't allow people to project how they feel about themselves on us. Y'all remember I told y'all this before about Snow White and the seven drawers. You know, they get up every morning and the wicked witch, she gets up and she reads in the mirror. She said, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all?" And the mirror go, oh, you, there's no one fairer than you. The next morning, she would get up, mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? And the mirror would go, it's you. There's none more fairer than you. So she goes out one day, and the next day, she sees Snow White. So then she gets up the next morning, and she goes in front of the mirror, and she goes, mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who is the fairest of the wall? And the mirror said, oh, there's one more fairer than you. And her name is Snow White. Two things. Number one, mirrors don't talk. And secondly, it wasn't the mirror that thought Snow White was more fairer than her. She saw and thought Snow White was more fairer than her. It wasn't the mirror that thought Snow White was prettier than her. It was her who thought Snow White was prettier than her. We have to stop projecting on others what we feel about ourselves. And you know, you've heard it before. She thinks she cute. She thinks she all there. No, you think she cute. You think she all there. Oh, he think he know everything. He think he the man. No, you think he know everything. You think he the man. You have to stop projecting on others what you feel toward and about yourself because that is not how we operate in the kingdom of God. One of the things that when my boy David was sitting there and David was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take him out. Go ahead and that's all. It's like, man, how are you going to do that? You ain't nothing but a youth. you He's been fighting since his youth. And what David had to do, and David was telling him, is Saul, my identity ain't in what you think of me. Years ago, about 20 some years ago, now my auntie died. It was well over 20 years ago. I went, took her to Bible study. She was going to Bible study at First Baptist Reverend Denson. So when I took her home, she called me when I got home and said, Cleon... Did y'all leave my ID in your car? So I go look in my car, look for her identification. I didn't find her identification. So I said, Auntie, it ain't in my car. So she's looking around the house. So the next Wednesday, Brother Harold, she finds her identity. You know where she found it at? In her Bible when she got back to Bible study. I said, how did you find your ID in your Bible? She said, well, when Reverend Denson was asking me, was telling me something about something, I marked it there and I used my ID to mark it so I wouldn't lose the place. So when I got home, I would know where it was. And years later, I think about it. And that was more of a message to me than I realized. Because notice, she didn't find her ID in my car. She didn't find her ID in her house. She found her ID in her Bible. And a lot, and I think sometimes we forget that's where our identification is found. It's not found in your job. It's not found in your car. It's not found where you live. It's not found in your bank account. Your ID is found in your Bible. The Bible tells you who you are. As Pastor Haynes say, in this life, you don't decide who you are. You discover who you are and you discover who you are by reading your Bible. What does your Bible say about you? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. We are the head and not the tail. So when you're trying to find your identification, you find your identification in your Bible. When we are under protective custody, we're going to always come. We always catch backlash. No matter how bold we try to be, no matter how confident we try to be, we will deal with backlash. But sometimes that backlash will hinder us and cause it because we feel we're not quite equipped to handle what's coming our way. And the second thing we need to understand is that, and David would let us know, is that we have to trust that God has given us everything we need to be successful in the battle. We have to trust that God has given us everything we need to be successful in the battle. Here David is and Saul is sitting there and Saul now going to give David his equipment. He's going to give him his armor, his helmet and his sword. Now, true enough, Saul wasn't using it. <laughs> but that's not what David is used to having ever. David is one who said, and David said, man, I'm not used to this. I can't carry this. And that's how you going to defeat that giant. And what David did is what we have to have, and we have to have the gift of memory. We sometimes have to remember what God has already done for us in the past. We sometimes have to remember what God has brought us through so that we can remember when we face the next obstacle in life, God will see us through on that. So David said, well, you know, I take care of the sheep. And so I, there was a lion who came out to the sheep. And when the lion come out to the sheep, I go get the lion. And so the lion would turn his attention from the sheep onto me, and God would give me the victory over the lion. Then a bear has come, and when the bear takes the sheep, I have to go get the a sheep from the bear. Well, when I get to the bear, the bear would turn his attention from the sheep onto me, and God would give me the victory over the bear. And he said, if God has delivered me from the power of the lion and the power of the bear, who is this Philistine? And sometimes we have to keep that in mind, what God has already delivered us from. And he probably has delivered us from things that were far worse than what we may have to face next. We have to remember what God has brought us through. It was this older couple. They were they was struggling with their memory. And they went to, They had their glasses on their head and not know where the glasses are. So they went to this doctor that specializes in memory. And the doctor said, well, y'all in your 70s, so some of it is part of your age. But then he said, but why don't you write down everything that you want to remember? So they at the house later on that day, and they sitting there in bed watching TV. And the husband gets up and said, I'm going to go get me a glass of water. And the wife says, Will you bring me a bowl of ice cream? And Doreena, you're going to love this. She said, he said, honey, it will be my honor. Why, son? to your husband say, that's how I want you to respond for now when I actually do something. Sweetheart, it be my honor. And so she said, write it down. He said, baby, I'm just going to the kitchen. I'm coming right back. She said, the doctor said we got to write stuff down. Write it down. He said, I'm going. I'm coming right back. She said, oh, and put me some chocolate syrup on there. He said, "Okay." She said, now write it down. He said, baby, I'm going to the kitchen. I'm coming right back. She said, just write it down. He said, I'm coming right back. I can remember that. She said, and put me some sprinkles on top of that, too. He said, okay, baby, I got you. Bowl of ice cream, chocolate syrup, sprinkles. She said, now write it down. He said, baby, I'm going, I'm coming right back. So he in the kitchen, about 20, 25 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) He comes back. (laughs) He comes back and give her a plate with some bacon and eggs on it. She said, I told you to write it down. I knew you was going to forget my toast. (laughs) Sometimes we just have to write down so we can go back and look at what God has already brought us through. And we have to trust that God has given us everything we need to get through the battle. See, David is now about to go fight Goliath. And Goliath is sitting there looking at David, telling my man, what is in the world? And see, David is now, he comes with a staff. We always forget that staff when we tell the story of David and Goliath. We talk about like he just came with a sling shot and some rocks. No, he had the staff in one hand, his sling in the other. And he used the staff to scoop up five smooth stones. And David and Goliath are sitting there like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get you and leave you out here for the car, your carcass out here for the feed. And David like, no, that's what I'm about to do to you. And so we saw that David was more confident in what he had, because y'all know that David and Goliath wasn't a fair fight. Because Goliath has been fighting all those years, but David was coming with God. So Goliath didn't stand a chance. It wasn't a fair fight. Anybody you fight and you got God on your side, it ain't going to be a fair fight. Because when you fight the right fight the right way for the right reasons, God going to make sure you come out all right. But sometimes we fight the right fight the wrong way. And if we're not fighting the right fight the right way, we're going to continue to struggle in getting the victory that God needs us to do. We're going to struggle getting the results that God needs us to have. And sometimes we're still looking for what we need to have to feel like we got to win and get through the fight. So we look at the fight. Here we are. We all remember the movie, The Wizard of Oz. You got a scarecrow looking for a brain, a tin man looking for a heart, a lion looking for courage, and Dorothy. She just trying to find her way back home. They sitting there looking for these things, and they didn't realize that they already had what they was looking for. The Scarecrow is looking for a brain and throughout the movie, he's been thinking his way through and figuring things out the whole movie. You got a 10 man looking for a heart and he's been showing sympathy and compassion on everybody that he needed to. You got the lion who was looking for courage. And at first he started a little shaky, but then he started getting tough and manning up and standing on the ground. And Dorothy, all she had to do was click her heels and she would have been at home. See, they going around looking for what they already had because they didn't realize what they had was in them. They were looking for that. And what we a lot of times do, we look for stuff that we already have been instilled inside of us. We're going around looking for love. When we have love, we're looking for patience when we have patience. We're looking for joy when we have joy. You say, how do I get all of that? The Bible says that when you we accept Christ, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. What is the manifestation of that gift of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness and self-control. We have all of those things. We just don't tap into them. We have all of those things, but we don't focus on those things. So somebody who say they're not patient, it's not that you're not patient. It's just that you have patience in you and you ain't doing nothing to develop it. It's not that you don't have peace. Is you got peace in you, but you're doing nothing to grow and develop that peace that's in you. It's like you getting a credit card with a $10,000 limit. You running out to the store and you buying somebody something for $300 and it rings up decline. I got a $10,000 limit on my credit card. I spent $300 and it's declined. The reason why it's declined is because your heart, your card has not yet been activated. (laughs) Until you activate those things that's in you that the Holy Spirit has deposited in you, you will not have the patience you need to have. You will not have the love you need to have. And throughout life, God has been giving you opportunities to grow those things and develop those things. You're just missing out on them. Like when y'all, I know everybody in here saw Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> and Karate Kid, Daniel, is upset with Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> Miyagi walked on went fishing and he come back and, and Daniel's son is upset. He's like, LaSanya, why didn't you take me fishing when you went? Mr. Miyagi said, you needed to pitch the house. <laughs> Daniel said, I quit. I came here to learn karate and you ain't doing nothing. I feel like I'm your slave. You got me doing this. And Mr. Miyagi said, no, you're learning what you need to learn. Daniel's son is like, no, you got me sanding the floor. You got me painting the house. You got me waxing the car. You got me painting the fence. You ain't teaching me karate. Mr. Miyagi said, "Daniel, son, come here. And he told Daniel's son, he said, Daniel's son, sand the floor. And Daniel's son was going like that, going like that. He said, Daniel's son, wax on, wax off. So he doing this and doing that. Daniel's son, paint the fence. He's going up and down, up and down. Daniel's son, paint the house. He's going from left to right, from left to right. And so then Mr. Miyagi started attacking him. He started kicking him and Daniel's son started sanding the floor standing on the floor. He was blocking Mr. Miyagi kicks. Mr. Miyagi started swinging at him all crazy. Now, all of a sudden, Daniel son was doing wax on, wax off. Then he was down, hit he him up high and hit him down low. Daniel's son was painting the fence. Then he started telling him something. He started coming at and trying to hit him in the side. He started painting the house. See, Daniel's son was learning the things that he needed to learn to get through the fights that he's going to be getting into the fights with. But because he didn't line it up that way, Daniel's son felt he wasn't learning what he needed to learn. And Jesus may not be Mr. Miyagi, but Mr. Miyagi ain't no Jesus either. <laughs> we are learning things with indirectly that God is teaching us, but we have to sit there and apply it. So when people are coming at you all kind of sideways, God has already equipped you with what you need to when He has given you the Holy Spirit. David gets through and he takes out Goliath with the stone and we struggle because a lot of times we see that. And we know that the stone with a man with a helmet ain't going to take him out. We know that the spirit of God, God had to make that stone penetrate that metal helmet and take Daniel out. I told you we didn't go to the battle by ourselves. He went on with God. And then with Daniel, I mean with uh, David, (laughs) I'm still on Daniel's son. What David did was David went and cut Saul's head off. And now Israel, the ones who was running away from Goliath, now they running to Goliath. I mean, I'm sorry, cut Goliath's head off. Now they're running toward after the uh, Philistines. Because now David has taken out their obstacle. See, David didn't look at it as an obstacle. David saw it as an opportunity. When we as believers in Christ, we see things in our way, we got to stop looking at them as obstacles and look at them as opportunities. We got some people that struggle with things because God is telling us you're in protective custody. And sometimes you don't feel protected. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My boyfriend would say, God works out the sight of man for the good of me. And a lot of times people in there who in here have had a time, hard time. Sometimes you pray to God and they feel like he take forever to answer your prayer. Because your prayer, and for him to answer your prayer, there's other things that has to be done. Okay, so we sitting there, and Joyce is upset because Chauncey is coming home being mean to her every day. <laughs> and so she's praying for God to make her husband come home and not be so mean to her. Well, for God to answer her prayer, God had to sort through why he's mean to her. So, Chauncey is mean to Joyce is because Chauncey works with somebody that's not nice to him. And the reason why the person working with him ain't nice to him is because that person is waiting on a raise. The reason why that person hadn't got their raise is because their supervisor is an alcoholic. The reason why their supervisor is an alcoholic is because his wife ain't nice to him. And the reason why his wife ain't nice to him is because she got daddy issues. And so, for God to answer Joyce's prayer, for Chauncey to come home and be nice to her every day, he has to reconcile a daughter with her father so that a wife can go home and love her husband, so that a husband can stop drinking, and so that a supervisor can give his employee a raise so that his employee can be nice to Chauncey and Chauncey can go home and see a smile on Joyce's face. But by the time he answered Joy's prayer... A relationship has been reconciled, an addiction has been healed, a, relation, a financial blessing has been given, a bond has been joined, and the husband now gets to come home and put a smile on his wife's face. Because all God had to do for God to answer his prayer, there's other things that he had to do to get that taken care of. And so when we need to wait on God to answer our prayer, we have to understand that our prayer, sometimes what we're requesting, is a whole lot bigger than us. And God need us to be patient. God need us to wait. And God need to understand it's about his time, not ours. I'm going to close with that. ain't going to keep y'all much longer. But we need to understand that we are in protective custody. When you are a witness You need to testify. You need to be bold. You need to be confident. If God is telling you to do something, stop shying away from it. Don't be hesitant. We got to talk to people the right way. We got to react and respond the proper way. And we got to do things the best way that God has told us to. Amen. 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 Let me close us in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that You do look out for us, Lord. We thank that you watch over us, Lord. Even as Satan was, you had volunteered Job to Satan. Satan said, I can't get to him because you got the hedge around him. Lord, we need to realize we have hedges around us and they gotta get permission from you to get to us too. And so Father, we just pray, Lord, that we just remain faithful, we remain diligent. Lord, that we allow who we are in you to stand above and represent that, and not be so focused on us being who we are in ourselves. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen.